my name is Lucas Soares and welcome to the show. This is Tech It Easy, a little podcast that I will use to talk about, you guessed it, tech. I am by no means an expert. In fact, the whole point of the show is for me to explore my tech interests and sharing what I learn as I go. This episode is sponsored by Mammoth, but we'll hear more about that later. Let's get started with some techno, spelled with a K. That's K-N-O-W. SpaceX is still doing its SpaceX thing, testing new and bigger rockets. A while back, I was a guest on the Nick Jaley podcast, proudly a part of the Begonia FM podcast network, to talk about a previous launch of theirs. But last week, on March 3rd, disaster. Starship SN10, not sure if that's short for serial number or starship number or some other acronym, but the 10th one, exploded shortly after landing. It is considered a successful launch, but as you may know, the whole point of SpaceX rockets is that they are reusable, and they do that by landing the rockets right back down, upright on the landing pad. It's really amazing to see. So, unfortunately, this one did burst into flames after landing, but it did launch and land, so my bet my bet is that that means they got a lot of useful data, and they've already announced that the next one, SN11, will roll out some improvements and lessons learned from SN10. That's just the nature of this kind of development. You can only test so much in simulation or perfectly controlled environments. At some point, you just have to go for it and try it out for real. I personally am a big fan of SpaceX, and the technology they develop will be immensely beneficial to humanity. Links in the description to the story about SN10, and also to more info about SpaceX and what else they're up to. Before we get into the meat of the show, let's hear a word from this episode's sponsor, Mammoth. This episode is brought to you by Mammoth Coolers, the best coolers since the Ice Age. Summer is approaching, and that means it's about to get hot, but that doesn't have to be the fate of your canned or bottled beverage. Mammoth Chilski is a double-wall vacuum-insulated drink holder made with kitchen-grade stainless steel. The Chilski works with both 12-ounce cans and bottles, and has a screw-on collar that seals the can or bottle securely. It keeps your beverage cold 10 times longer than competitor drink holding. The Chilski comes in a variety of colors, including burnt orange, midnight blue, and seafoam green. You can even customize it with a high-definition laser engraving. All Mammoth products are backed by a lifetime warranty and shipped to the 48 continental United States. Visit mammothcooler.com, that's M-A-M-M-O-T-H-C-O-O-L-E-R.com to order and use the offer code BEGONIAFM, all one word, at checkout to get 10% off. Using that code helps Mammoth know you came from us. Thanks to Mammoth for sponsoring this episode and all of Begonia FM. Following last episode's tech recommendation about Bitcoins and Coinbase and all that, I started to do a bit of research into the technology behind it all. Blockchain. It's quite common to hear Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrency all lumped in together, and while they are related, they are not synonymous. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies use blockchain to keep a record of the transactions in a way that is impossible to change, or at least so difficult that it may as well be impossible. The actual money part is done through cryptography, thus the crypto part of cryptocurrency. I think that's a topic for another time. Now, I don't really want to focus on the merits or flaws of Bitcoin versus any other crypto or regular money, because right now I'm just interested in the technology that enables them, that, that transaction history the blockchain itself. But if you're interested in hearing more about Bitcoin, let me know on Twitter. So what is a blockchain? Very simply, it's a database. Now I'm not super well versed in the nuances, but a database is basically a really good spreadsheet. I know, I know, it's an oversimplification. If you know more, please write in. I'd love to talk to an expert about databases specifically. Right now, I'm just learning it all, and the best way for me to learn it is to try and explain it. 
So a big old spreadsheet that doesn't crash when there's too much data or grind to a halt when there's more than three people accessing it at the same time. It's this special type of database or spreadsheet that doesn't just organize the data into rows and columns to be shuffled around and filtered however you want to view the data, but it embeds a time element to the data. Every chunk of data is, when you add it to the database, is added right onto the last chunk that was added in order. These chunks are called blocks, and when you connect them all earliest to latest, they form a chain. A chain made of blocks, a block chain. <laughs> on its own, stored on a single computer, this is not super useful beyond the utility that a plain old spreadsheet or database can provide. The real magic comes when you have a whole bunch of computers or servers all connected, housing individual copies of the data. This way, anytime an entry is added, say for a currency transaction, so-and-so paid so-and-so $12, all the other servers have to verify that it matches and it's a valid transaction. The actual mechanism by which that information is transferred varies by platform and that falls more into the crypto cryptography part of it. But essentially, if more than half of the databases agree, the transaction is saved in the chain. If less than half or a single one is off, it corrects itself to the majority. So nobody can artificially add millions of Bitcoins to their wallet without a huge, massive hack compromising over half the servers, which are spread out across the world. You know, it's, a, it's an incredibly difficult thing to, to do. So what would this sort of database actually be used for? Well, it's basically just a ledger, a record of transactions. What you trade is actually limitless. Because it's all based on a network and the transactions are processed by computers, you can cut out the middleman, and that's this is called decentralization, essentially. You know, banks don't work on weekends or after 5 p.m. Uh, so imagine you want to buy a car from someone on Craigslist. You could hand them over stacks of printed money, no middleman there. You have the money, you give it to the seller, now they have the money. If it's a particularly large sum, you might not want the liability of carrying that much cash. So maybe you want to do a bank transfer. We're going to skip over checks for this scenario. So you essentially tell your bank to tell their bank, hey, this person wants to give this other person money. Now there are two middlemen here, each one taking time to communicate, not working on weekends or past 5 p.m., and charging fees. With Bitcoin-enabled banking to trade any currency, you can get much of the benefit of cash plus the benefits of a digital transaction. I hope all this info is useful to you. I've certainly learned a lot, but at least enough to distinguish between Bitcoin and blockchain. The technology has some pretty cool applications that I'm really interested to see where they go in the future. Let's wrap up today with a techcommendation. This one's pretty quick, but it all boils down to maybe try out an iPad or an Android tablet if that's what you're into. But my, my whole argument surrounds a similar argument to the camera discussion of why have a camera these days when the ones on your phone are so good. Well, basically, it can be really useful to have a second device. Again, all the same drawbacks with having to charge a second device and keep track of cables or whatever, but having a separate, in this case, bigger screen, presumably, you're not getting a, you don't have a giant phone with a tiny iPad, but having a bigger screen to read a book on, or um, my favorite case recently is a full size, full page of a comic book. Uh, on the iPad screen versus trying to read it on my phone where you have to like, either it's really, really tiny, there's no way you could read that, or uh, you scroll through frame by frame on the on the comic, which is not, not really ideal. But then also, as you're watching your YouTube or something, you can 
get a text in and it doesn't necessarily have to take away the screen that you're watching whatever on. You can just pull out your phone, have that secondary device there. Now, this probably comes as no surprise that I recently got myself a new iPad, which is why I'm all on it these days, but it's a fun recommendation nonetheless. As always, I am most definitely not an expert and I'm always learning about the things that I'm talking about. So please send me feedback on Twitter at TechItEasyFM or the contact page at Begonia.fm. Love to hear from you. Uh, get some potential topic. If, any, if anybody's interested in something and wants me to be interested in it, please let me know. Um, otherwise, thanks for listening. Bye.